you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to be recording our 100th episode of Brave Feminine Leadership Interviews today. Except it's not an interview today. It's me and it's me reflecting back on all of the highs and lows and the cheers and the tears and everything in between. And, you know, I had a wonderful time yesterday just reflecting back on all of the conversations that I've had and how I got started. And when I think of, you know, deep, dark lockdowns of late 2020, and I was out for a walk with a wonderful friend, with Nikki, Ricky Novak, whose interviews in the series, I said to Ricky really tentatively, um, you know, I've kind of got this idea. I'm thinking of doing this thing. I'd be interviewing all of these different leaders. You know, what do you think? And immediately Ricky was one of, you know, one of those incredible cheerleaders, and we all need one of those cheerleaders in our life who just saw the potential and uh, immediately jumped on board to support me. And, you know, I started reaching out then to other people. And I remember reaching out to Natalie Charles. So someone that I had known, you know, we had kids at the same time and she taught with my husband and um, she's now the principal at Mentone Girls Grammar, an incredible educator. And I hadn't spoken to her for years. And I just reached out and I sort of, the way I even phrased it to her, I said, um, you know, Nat, I've got this thing, you probably wouldn't be interested. Um, but and she just jumped on board straight away, you know, such a strong supporter. Um, you know, and her values are so closely aligned to, you know, everything we're doing in terms of supporting this space. So, you know, she jumped on board. And so then I recruited 23 incredible leaders for that first interview series that I did. And from the very first interview with Meredith Helicar. You know, it was an incredible conversation. Meredith sort of set the tone, you know, vulnerable, transparent, a wonderful conversation. And I forgot to press record. I literally wanted the um, floor to open up and swallow me. Um, and lucky for me, I know Meredith. And Meredith is a wonderful, warm um, leader. And uh, I think we both felt pretty disappointed because you can never exactly replicate the conversation. We went on to record on a different day. We didn't try and do it back to back. And we still had a wonderful conversation. Um, but, you know, I'll never, ever make that mistake again. You know, the first thing I do all the time is check, am I recording? Am I recording? Um, and I had no time to recover from the conversation with Meredith. I, you know, here I am dying of embarrassment. And 15 minutes later, I was lining up for an interview with Anne Sherry. And, you know, I talk so much about leadership being how you show up. One of those moments where I had to uh, literally um, sit back and just, you know, prepare myself and show up. And I had a terrific conversation with Anne. Um, someone asked me recently to share my favourites, and that is ridiculously hard. It's like selecting between your kids. Um, Although, let's be honest, there's days where, you know, one kid might line up as a favourite over the other. Um, but, you know, there are some of these conversations that will always stay with me. There are some of the conversations that I finished and I was just so deep into that conversation. I, you know, I knew that they were fabulous. And I sometimes still play some of these conversations as inspiration for me. That has been the most meaningful feedback for me. It has been the fact that um, people feel inspired when they listen to these conversations, and I am so incredibly grateful for that. 
So, you know, let's reflect together on some of these incredible leaders who I've found to be, you know, as a group, humble, reflective, and so, so generous. It's a brave thing to front up to these conversations. And some of the people I speak to are obviously really polished and really used to doing it, but not everyone. And often when they've done it before, they're not talking about themselves. They're talking about, you know, the company they represent. Here they're showing up as themselves and I'm asking them to sort of delve into, you know, some of their vulnerable moments as a leader. There's nothing in it for any of them. You know, it's just a genuine motive to share their learning and their experience to make things better for leaders coming behind them. You know, this all began, as I said, sort of deep in the lockdowns of 2020. And it was inspired by my wonderful friend, Edwina murphy Drummer, who interviews leaders herself. And, you know, her, her audience initially was mothers of teenage daughters. And she inspired me. And at the time, there was nothing like it in the corporate space, free access to in-depth chats with leaders that many people often pay to speak or often these guys don't speak. Um, and in every single interview, I asked the same final question of everyone. You know, I asked from your perspective, what is brave feminine leadership and does it need to change? The answers continue to inspire me. You know, so much has changed in these last couple of years. We've seen some incredible female CEOs in the Australian landscape uh, recently be appointed. So we've seen Leah Weckard at Coles and Vicky Brady from Telstra. But so much still needs to change. A recent interview, I've got a new series on the go right now that will be released soon. And in a recent interview, one of the people that I spoke to shared the story of a friend who was greeted by a leader on International Women's Day with a, you know, warm, welcoming, happy vagina day. She's left now. So while I'm filled for hope for the change ahead, I see that the system that we operate in isn't serving everyone right now. Uh, and I still feel like that's such a pity. And I feel like the rapid escalating changes brought about by COVID have given us a chance to really think about doing things differently. And I really applaud leaders who are thinking about doing things differently. But let me touch on some of these conversations. Um, you know, the very first published podcast was with Laura Berry, a wonderful uh, Indigenous leader, proud Indigenous leader, who at the time was the CEO of Supply Nation. And I will always remember part of the conversation where we talked about the importance of communication and connection. And she left me with this really strong image of the strength of Aboriginal women gathered around a campfire. Uh, we also had a laugh at her fangirl moments at Jacinda Ardern where she literally pushed people out of the way to get over to um, get Jacinda's autograph. I imagine there's a lot of people in our audience who would do that. Guillaume Sveges, the only male in the first series, he didn't know that at the time, um, but he did when we got closer to it being released. And I actually think secretly he was quite pleased with that. We had a great conversation. I mean, he was crystal clear on the connection between diversity and innovation. It was a brilliant conversation. And then, you know, another one I want to call out, Sarah Harden, someone that I'm lucky enough to call a friend. Sarah is the CEO of Hello Sunshine. 
and has been in the Australian media a lot recently with the success of Hello Sunshine, who probably produce a lot of the content that you might be binging on Netflix or Stan. It's an organisation that Sarah founded together with Reese Witherspoon, and it's really focused on changing the narrative of females in media, and they are so successful. Sarah advises us to zoom out on our lives, take the pressure off ourselves and don't judge ourselves by, you know, the fact that we've been a shit mum one morning um, or a bad employee on another day. Um, zoom out and judge ourselves based on, you know, a longer period of time. You know, Sarah also had such strong words around her response to brave feminine leadership, all about us standing shoulder to shoulder and building our own inclusive table. And, you know, when I watch what Sarah's been doing, you know, wow, has she achieved that. And Sherry, an incredible leader in the Australian landscape, you know, take risks. And she's proof herself of the number of times that she shifted industries with um, the transferable skills she took with her, but just jumped into a completely different space, banking to cruising, um, sport, you know, all sorts of different areas. Jodie Geddes, I loved my conversation with Jodie. Jodie's one of the co-founders of Circle In, which is just an incredible organisation that's doing so much terrific work to support parents. And the thing that sort of sticks with me out of that conversation was that it's brave to ask for help. You know, I, I love that she shared that. Um, you know, it uh, as that first series was coming to an end and I was preparing to release it, I was a one-woman band doing all this stuff. And, you know, I had to teach myself a whole range of things. And so Canva was one of them, you know, to do the marketing for the series. And I'd put all this pressure on myself. I had these incredible people that I'd interviewed and I wanted to put a product out that didn't, um, didn't embarrass them, didn't embarrass me, you know, felt like it was the right sort of quality for the calibre of leaders. And it was the one moment in the process that literally brought me to tears. And I remember sitting in front of my laptop, needing to do something, not knowing how to do it. I tried every, you know, every way possible to try and find the answer to what I wanted to do. And I just burst into tears. And I remember my husband standing there at the time and, you know, he's used to me crying, but um, I mean, the look on his face was, wow, she has really lost it this time. And I sort of was sort of half, half laughing to myself um, through the tears. And my gorgeous daughter, who was 15 at the time, um, you know, came up and, and said, Mum, what's wrong? And, you know, as I showed her, she sat down, you know, she sat down next to me and I think it took her about 45 seconds to fix it. Um, so, um, you know, how wonderful to be rescued by my daughter. So, you know, someone that I know is going to be an incredible leader uh, in whatever space she chooses to go into in the future. You know, and then that brought me to, to series two. I got such an incredible reaction from the first series, um, from the listeners. And so on I went. You know, I just love having these conversations. I'm endlessly curious about people. And in the second series, you know, I'm going to leave some names out here and I'm from all of the series because I can't possibly name all 100. But, gosh, I loved each and every conversation I've loved 
Catherine Fagg, you know, that is a conversation that is really worth listening to. She's one of the most generous giving leaders that I've met. You know, her own corporate career, in her own words, was cut short through her diagnosis with breast cancer and just not having the energy to, um, to go back into that space. She's continued on to have a wonderful career sitting across numerous boards, uh, incredible um, organisations, again, in the Australian market. But, you know, the key question from her is, like, have you told anyone what you want lately? So none of this waiting to get tapped on the shoulder Let's use the agency we've got to take charge of our careers. And have you told anyone what you want? And she shared an incredible story about, you know, I think she was in her early 30s and she was taking a job at ANZ Bank at the time and had a chance to be interviewed by the then CEO and outlined the fact that she wanted PL accountability. It wasn't part of the role that she was applying for at that point in time, but she wanted to make sure that it was going to be part of her career path. Uh, and it was soon after that, but she's a wonderful example. You know, she was instrumental in the Chief Executive Women Executive Census report that comes out each year. And that report is crystal clear on, you know, we need to make sure we have profit and loss experience. Um, it's those key roles, CFO and, and Chief Operating Officer or with large profit and loss accountability, they're the roles that lead to CEO. I know you don't all want to move on to CEO and that's fine. You know, I've got a passion about seeing a lot more females elevated into those roles. Uh, but she was so clear about that. You know, I then had the chance to speak to Professor Laura Cray. Uh, Laura, I met, uh, Laura founded the Berkeley Executive Women's Leadership Program. And I did that program. I did that program virtually uh, when we went through the lockdowns. It was the first time they'd offered it online. My plan actually had been to go over to Stanford, who have a wonderful program. Um, and that program was recommended to me by a mentor of mine at the time, Catherine Walter. And Catherine was a, uh, a mentor to me when I was invited to go through the AICD's Chairs Mentoring Program. And I couldn't do it. Uh, I was all booked to go in 2020 and couldn't do that. So when I saw the Berkeley one came up, I decided to do that. You know, I continue to invest in my own learning. Um, I just think it's so important. So Laura, you know, her whole background and research was around negotiation, but she then sort of got into to gender um, as well. And, you know, that conversation is, is just compelling. You know, the evidence of gender bias is real. And... The thing that was so powerful, and it is so powerful for so many people that hear that conversation, is a lot of the experiences that we have um, as females in the workplace, they're not personal. They're part of a system, um, and that is a massive realisation for a lot of people to be able to um, step away from some of the it's me um, sort of challenges that often will go through our heads at times. It's not always us um you know sure there's always things we can do to improve ourselves but the system is a big challenge um Gemma fig tree an incredible interventional cardiologist you know she's focused on the leading cause of death for women um, in heart disease and you know when i think about the statistics and the fact that um in this country in australia um we have 6% of CEOs are female in our top listed organisations. Now, if I think about Gemma, 
only four and a half percent of cardiologists are female. I mean, it's rarer than hen's teeth. Um, so what can we learn from that? You know, I was just fascinated by her uh, conversation and her courage to follow a path that wasn't perhaps traditional um, as far as medicine goes. You know, I then spoke to Juggy Sahota, an incredible executive from TELUS in Canada, and I felt an instant connection with Juggy. You know, she was so open and... Um, you know, this incredible conversation we had about advice a mentor gave to her early in her career around, Juggy, you can be right or you can be successful. I think I felt that connection because I know that that was a lesson I had to learn in my career, um, you know, to really listen and to be prepared to accept that you might not know the answer. That came up a lot in these conversations. You know, if I think about Diane Smith-Gander, who was in one of my much later series, she said the same thing. She got the same advice from a mentor at some point in time around, you know, if you haven't been able to pull the answer out of your team, you're not a terribly effective leader. Uh, might know a lot more than you. They might have insights that you don't have. So that was a recurring theme across these conversations. I then had the chance to interview David Bodie. And David Bodie, um, many people in the Australian landscape will know, was a CEO of Telstra for a long time and transformed that organisation culturally. Um, and I know that firsthand because they were a very large client of mine. And so I had a chance to see that, to feel that uh, change. And David shared something that uh, I share all the time with people. And again, it's another theme that came out of those conversations is as a leader, self-awareness is the most critical skill and David talked about the fact that he saw a lot of incredibly talented people with enormous potential, but they were never going to reach it because they were just not aware of the impact they had on others around them. You know, if there is a skill set to invest in as a leader, start here. Um, so critical. Sally Hayden. Sally Hayden is one of the most favourite uh, interviews from our listeners' perspective. Sally is an incredible executive who leads uh, the AHM insurance brand in the Australian market and has had an international career leading teams of up to 15,000 people and lived um, in a range of places globally, uh, including Dubai, the Philippines and, and others. And Sally was a senior executive at a really young age. And, you know, she was in this space where she literally shared that she had to have two personas. You know, she had golfing Sally at work who actually focused on how to learn to play golf because she worked with a whole lot of middle-aged male colleagues. And then there was Sally uh, who went out partying with all of her mates on the weekend. And I loved the conversation we had around when she finally worked out um, that actually the value she brought to the table was by being authentically herself and um, you know, she continues to lead like that, which is amazing. Tony Johnson, who was leading EY um, at the point in time that I spoke to him, you know, his conversation was um, was fabulous. Tony thinks in threes. And so you'll have to listen to the conversation to hear. But, you know, we spoke about the three E's, the three R's. And Tony shared a fabulous trip about tracking your career growth. And I share that tip with people all the time um, around making sure that you're conscious of the growth that you're 
uh, you're achieving and you are focused on growth. An interview that um, just resonated with me so, so strongly, and I think it's, you know, being a mother of a teenage son, this conversation uh, ran around in my head. It still does. Um, you know, Hunter has an organisation called Man Cave and they work with, they go into boys' schools, they work with adolescent boys and they really focus on addressing issues of toxic masculinity and, you know, talking about where are the role models for young boys. And when I think about, you know, all of the areas that I'm focused on improving or helping to make a difference in, toxic masculinity is part of the puzzle. Uh, you know, it traps um, males and females. Um, it really does. So great conversation with Hunter. Um, Hunter hunted out. <laughs> that was a terrible pun. I'm sorry for that. Um, Sally Bruce. Sally Bruce is the CFO and Chief Operating Officer at uh, Culture Amp. And, you know, she's had a wonderful career. She's been through banking and all sorts of different things. And, you know, the thing that stood out, so many aspects to that conversation stood out, but one that I want to call out was, you know, she really led, led by doing. Um, you know, she made a commitment to herself that she was going to be out of the office one afternoon a week, I think it was by memory, um, you know, when her kids were younger and she was going to go and do school pickup and she was going to do play dates and do all those sorts of things. And it was on a pretty important afternoon for the bank that she worked for weekly, but that was her commitment and that's what she did. And she got back online later to catch up on everything else. But as she said, if you want to do these things and you want your team to do these things, then unless you do it, you know, your permission feels like bullshit unless people see you doing it. I think that's so important. You know, I often ask people as leaders, what do people see when they look up? So when they look up at you, do they see someone who is, you know, able to cope with all of the elements of the role, um, you know, is leading a balanced or as balanced as you can or as balanced as what fits for you, but are they seeing you operate in the role in a way that would inspire them to want to take the role on? I often think about that and I often get that feedback from people around you know, I'm struggling in my role as it is today. How could I possibly, you know, go for um, a more senior role? Or they see people in more senior roles and, you know, we're not always setting great examples. So that conversation just resonated a lot. Joe Stanley, you know, Joe, um, gosh, that was like sitting down to chat with a great friend. Um, you know, Joe talked so openly about her own challenges with anxiety and all of the different things that she introduced into her life to help her um, cope with that and to help her, um, you know, continue to do what she loves. And I just love that she continues to be a leader and really make it safe for us to have the conversations that we need to have. You know, the other one I'd call out to you guys is I mentioned earlier that I ask everyone what brave feminine leadership is. And in episode 58, um, you know, some of you might want to work through your way through every single conversation. Believe me, there's people out there that do that. I'm uh, absolutely humbled um, by that. 
But if you don't necessarily want to do that, but you're curious around how people respond to the question around what is brave feminine leadership, then episode 58 is for you. Um, it captures a whole lot of these interviews pulled together in one and uh, and just takes you through their answers. So, you know, I'd love to hear what you think about that. Will their responses still be relevant? Uh, you know, how exciting when we can take gender out of leadership down the track. I'm not sure we're there yet, but it will be exciting. You know, diversity is so much more than gender. And I recognise the intersectionality and how it's harder again as you layer on the differences um, from the accepted norms of leadership. That leads me into, you know, another series, one of the most recent ones, um, Series 4, with um, Anna Marinkovic, who um, is a very senior banker. And that was so interesting to me, you know, Anna is incredible and um, some of the things she's faced in her role, um, you know, that she shared so openly were absolutely fascinating and horrific all at the same time. And one, um, you know, she regularly puts out, I mean, she's got billions under her um, leadership and she regularly puts a newsletter out to customers. These are business customers. And a really prominent Australian businessman upon receiving the newsletter said, um, well, so who's running this area? A Russian mail order bride. I mean, this stuff still happens, guys. Um, you know, unbelievable. Um, but go and listen to that conversation. Um, the other one is Alistair Diaz from Google. Um, he shared his own story and some of the things that he carried with him that he'd never actually spoken about before throughout his um, career you know, brilliant leadership, brilliant conversation. Um, you know, I know someone in his team who said, you have to speak to Alistair. He is an amazing leader. He is an amazing supporter of female talent. Um, you know, incredible conversation. Peter Harmer. Peter Harmer led, you know, our largest insurance company in this market for a long time. Um, you know, lived in the UK. And I was utterly absorbed from the very first word. You know, Peter is the epitome of um, humble, down-to-earth, um, you know, the sort of leader who really engaged his team in strategy from ground up. Again, I know someone who worked under Peter's leadership and everything I felt in that conversation was echoed, echoed by someone I know and I trust implicitly uh, who knows what good culture is and what good culture feels like. So, you know, brilliant conversation. Michelle Windsor um, is at RACQ these days. She was the CEO of Bank of Melbourne at one point in time. And again, just another humble, yet ambitious, and you can be those things. You know, we can, we can own those two things, you know, ambitious to get things done, to strive to make a change and to improve things. Now, Michelle talked about some of the lessons in her career around her own perfectionism and the impact that had on the people that worked for her. Now, you know, she had to realise that and change that as part of her own journey from a leadership perspective. She also talked about studying her MBA and a decision that she said felt selfish at the time but was the best decision that she ever made. I loved that conversation. And Michelle, like so many of the leaders I interview, when the conversation finishes, so many of them say to me, 
was that okay? Um, you know, did, was that what you were looking for? Is the conversation okay? And, you know, every time I have a little smile to myself because I think we are all the same. Um, you know, we really are and we think that some of these leaders must be, you know, filled to the brim with confidence on every single thing they do. Um, but they're not. They're just like us. They have good days. They have bad days. They have days where they're, you know, questioning themselves about whether they're up to the role and things like that. Um, and it's one of the reasons I started this. I wanted people to understand. I wanted to break down these myths of leadership and inspire people that actually you could go for a more um, senior role if that's what you want to do. Um, but how nice to have the choice. Liz Broderick, wow. Liz, um, Liz is associated with the UN these days and she is deep into representing, you know, countries and girls where, um, you know, things have gone backwards so far in so many of these places. And she talked about her own personal safety um, in those roles and how often she would question, um, you know, whether she'd continue doing this. Liz, you know, was um, responsible for creating the Champions of Change, male Champions of Change to begin with, but Champions of Change now. She has had an indelible impact on our corporate landscape and on the opportunities for females um, here in Australia. I was so, so thrilled to have her say yes to a conversation with me. I then moved on to uh, some bite-sized um, conversations where I picked out, I think it was about 10 or so um, of those interviews. And the interviews are, you know, they're, they're lengthy. They're, they're 45 minutes. Um, you know, if you commute, it's a good thing to, to listen to. If you go for a walk, it's a good thing to listen to. But I know people's time is so precious and I think it feels like this year even more precious. Um, so I put together a series of short bite-sized ones where you could dig into those conversations in a more accessible kind of 20-minute format and then, you know, if you're intrigued and you want more, the longer form conversation is there as well. And then more recently, I produced a shorter series of five by fives where we picked up on a range of different subjects. You know, there was a conversation we had about vulnerability, vulnerability in leadership um, and about how it's actually a superpower. You know, the, the old leadership archetype that we're working with um, uh, is kind of outdated and... That's hard for a lot of people who are used to command and control leadership. They're used to being able to set a direction and have people follow. And we all know that that's not resonating anymore. And um, for some of those leaders, there's, you know, there's big questions of adaptability to new styles. You've got to be able to flex all those styles all the time, obviously. But, um, yeah, vulnerability, it's a, it's a very interesting one. The other thing is, you know, I had a terrific conversation with Dr. Christy Goodwin, who's put a book out called Digital, um, I think it's Dear Digital, We Need to Talk. And we talked about the always-on culture that we operate in. Um, and, you know, gosh, I love that conversation too. I learned all about piccolo breaks and all sorts of different things that are good for me. And I've implemented some of the strategies that she's spoken about. She's not about... Um, banning digital completely. It's just not possible um, in our lives. But I went on to have some other conversations about coping with midlife, about burnout, about mental health. Um, and that's a short series that, um, that you might find interesting if you haven't um, already found those. 
And then, you know, I guess it would be important to reflect on the fact that I've had some no's along the way. You know, not every single person I asked has said yes to me. Um, you know, some have said no and some have said no a couple of times. Um, you know, and, I, and you know, I'm comfortable to say that um, I think resilience and persistence is important, but you don't want to become a pest. And so I'm happy to ask people a couple of times. Um, and then if the answer is no, well, then it's no. That's fine. Um, didn't kill me. Um, but the important thing was that I kind of dared to ask and I'm going to keep asking. I remember one situation and this was just, um, this was horrific. I had asked someone if they would be interviewed and they'd sort of said, you know, yes, they'd consider it, but not now. Um, and so I went back one more time and again, it was sort of not right now. And uh, then I went to a lunch and, you know, a wonderful person I know, I think realised I was probably trying to interview this person and so sat me next to them at lunch. And I have to say that it's the only time in my life where I have legitimately felt like a stalker. Um, it is so not my style and I was so awkward. I think they were so awkward uh, and I'm pretty comfortable meeting people and talking to people. Um, and, um, you know, at the end of the lunch, they said, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, they'll do an interview. Well, when I followed up, um, you know, it, they weren't available again. And I just thought, I think we just let things go now. So, um, you know, I just wanted to share that as a bit of a personal reflection because we don't always hear yes. Um, and that's okay. It opens up space for another yes that could be equally as exciting. So I am um, about to launch a new series. So I've been really busy over the last couple of months and I've, I've got a group of 22 incredible leaders. Um, I've also got an extra two who I'm super excited about who won't be released as part of the initial release but will, will be joined, you know, very soon after. And I'm going to release these video first um, and, you know, many people in the audience probably joined as part of some of those interview series. And I know that the pace of them was pretty full on having them daily. So I'm not going to do that this time. I really want to value your time a lot more and make them accessible for longer um, uh, in this format to make sure that you can get access to them. So keep your eyes peeled for that um, and we'll make sure there's some details for you on that. But look, that just leaves me to say an enormous thank you. You know, right from the very start, the podcast has found a home with a wonderful group of humans and you're in that group. You know, it's a humble, curious group who know that leadership is a lifelong journey and one that can be lonely and one that can cause us to question ourselves from time to time. And over the past few years, it feels like the pace has accelerated. That's what I'm hearing. And so my wish is that this podcast has been a home for you to come back to and that it continues to be a home for you to come back to, to remind yourself that you're not alone, that we're all out there striving to make an impact and to make a difference, to do meaningful work and to support those that follow us you know, to become the brave feminine leaders that we all needed in our careers. So it means so much to me to have you here and I really do love to connect with the audience. So, you know, please send me a note. You can get me at my email, melissa at bravefeminineleadership.com and share your favourite moments. 
you know, what really made an impact on you? I'm equally grateful for all the people that have left the wonderful five-star reviews on this podcast. You know, if you're enjoying these conversations, um, you know, I love it if you could help me and just leave a, leave a review and share your thoughts as well. So find me on LinkedIn. Look for Melissa Hamilton on LinkedIn. Networks really matter. So, you know, let's invest some time in growing those. And then you can also find me if you're on Instagram and the handle's at Brave Feminine Leadership. So I wish all of you an incredible uh, year ahead for whatever it is that you have planned um, to get done. You know, this podcast has led to an opportunity for me to do incredibly meaningful work. And, you know, 2023 for me is about focusing on the three things I'm doing and doing them incredibly well. And those three things are pretty simple. You know, helping senior professional women create rewarding career opportunities without second-guessing themselves. And the levers I use to do that is, you know, a course in leadership for professional women, women who are already senior in their career and have shifted into taking on increasing leadership responsibility. And it's challenging, and it's particularly challenging in today's environment. So I have a course particularly focused on that. And then a course on finance, you know, not the jargon, not an accounting course. It's a course for people who sit around the leadership table, who need to be able to contribute to the conversation, who need to not just know what is in the P&L, but what are the stories in there? How do you engage your teams by using those stories within the um, within the numbers. Um, it's a really incredible program. We just launched it uh, early this year and the feedback has been wonderful. And then the last one that I do uh, is a group mastermind. And I've got the most incredible women in this mastermind, all senior professional women, all focused on really navigating this stage of their career uh, and knowing that one of the best ways to do that is surrounding yourself with a group of like-minded women and being led by someone who's actually navigated this space before. So both myself and my co-founder, uh, Kelly Hayes, have both been CEOs. So I have got a special 100th episode code for you that will enable you to get 10% off of all of our programs and it's valid through until the end of April. So if you jump onto our website, bravefeminineleadership.com, at the checkout, just use the code BEBRAVE10 and I would so love to see you. If you feel like this could be the right space for you to invest in yourself and to accelerate your career, then I would absolutely love to meet you. And if you just want to continue to be a podcast listener, then go right ahead. It's an absolute pleasure having you as part of the Brave Feminine Leadership community. Thank you so, so much. And happy 100th episode. Yay!